you, thank you. Bye, kids. Love you guys. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, for those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is Lydia Rowe, and I am um, the worship community coordinator here at Upper Room. And um, I don't get a chance to talk to you all very much, but I'm super excited today. And so while the kids are leaving and the parents are uh, finding their way back, um, man, was worship good? I feel, like, I feel like I need a second wind after that. I feel like or so much has already happened. Um, but I was thinking about as Stefan was up here leading, it, it just took me back about three years ago. Um, Stefan and I had had a relationship um, just you know, talking, like, talking worship together, reaching out to people in the area. And she had, she had asked if I could come and help lead worship for a global awakening conference that Bill Johnson was coming in for at Living Word. And that was like such an awesome opportunity, by the way. Thank you for doing that for me. But like, I remember just being like, oh, like, and I was there and I was, and I was in the room and it was, it was in that moment that God spoke to me about, like he spoke this word transplant. And that was, you know, at the time I was leading worship at Ginghamsburg Church. I had been there since I was three. Um, and it was just this little seed in my heart that the Lord put there. And then it's just so funny, like full circle, bringing it around here that, um, that I'm here, it was uh, about a year ago that I was sitting about where Stefan is sitting and I was worshiping with y'all and we were still, we were still in transition. And um, I guess it was about a year and a half ago. Um, and the Lord just showed me, um, like my, this is kind of strange, but like I was praying and I was worshiping and I see like my legs turning into roots and my arms turning into branches and I felt like he was like saying, You're, I'm planting you here, like that transplant word, here you go. This is where I'm putting you. <laughs> um, so I am happy to be here. Thank you for, for having me today. And today, you know, I'm just going to continue to talk about Jesus. Is that okay? Uh, the last couple weeks, um, Aaron has been talking about Jesus. You know, he had Jesus, just Jesus part one, Jesus, just Jesus part two. And I guess this would be just Jesus part three. <laughs> um, I just wanted to continue to talk in that vein. But before I really get into anything else, I want to read to you this description of Jesus. And it's you'll find it in Colossians 1:15 through 20. <clears throat> so if you have a Bible, you can turn there. I am like I'm totally fine. We're going to put it up there. You can look up there. I am totally like I I want to like I want to look at it. I've got stuff underlined, highlighted and every Colossians 1:15 through 20. And I just want to take this a little bit slow. So like you know, uh, Corey said sometimes he closes his eyes and holds out his hands to kind of receive from the Lord. If, that's, if that helps you with distraction, I encourage you to do that. But let's just look at this description that Paul gives of Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created. Did you know that Jesus was involved in creation? Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Have you ever wondered, you know, our molecules, have, like there's air, we're a lot of air, 
around every molecule. It's not like we're, we're not solid, even though, you know, and, and when you think, and when you look at a molecular level, a molecular level, and you look at the air around each molecule, you're like, how am I, how am I held together right now? It's Jesus. He's holding you together right now. That's why you're not scattered. <clears throat> He's the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. That is his position. That is his place. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. If you want to see God, you look at Jesus. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you so much for this truth. We thank you for your word. And God, I just ask that you would do what only you can do today. Lord, that you would show us yourself, that we'd be able to see you, Jesus, for who you are. Thank you in Jesus' name. Whew. So if you have been a follower of Jesus or been around people who follow Jesus for any amount of time, you have probably started to discover that the kingdom of God is quite different than the world. Um, and if you haven't discovered that, then you haven't actually been around authentic Jesus followers because it is very different. If lots of times you'll look and you'll be like, oh, like, you know, I don't know what the percentages of people who say that they're Christians, and I'm not talking about heaven or hell or anything like that here. I'm talking about people who follow Jesus and the way that he taught or not. It's so different. Like, for instance, uh, the world says, you know, only the strong survive. And then Jesus is like, my power is made perfect in weakness. <laughs> and the world says, you gotta, you gotta look out for number one. And, and Jesus says, in humility, consider others better than yourself. And then the world says, if you want to be great, you need to work hard, you need to achieve, you need to promote yourself, you need to strive. And the kingdom says, those of you who want to be great, become a servant. And so uh, I could go on and on. But the point is, there's a lot of wisdom out there, um, wisdom, that will tell you what you need to go after in order to have life. And there's an endless list of things that we seek after, that we go for as human beings. Um, and I just want you to take a minute to, to think about that, to think about, I was, <laughs> I was, as I was preparing this week, I was like, just like naming a few, I was like, just within a few seconds, just so, so think about for a minute, what is it that people seek? It could be you, it could be someone else, like what are some things that we seek, and just throw them out there to me. What are things that we seek? Money, fame, pleasure, relationships. Peace. Another way you can look at it is what, what do you feel lacking? And I'm, maybe you don't want to, maybe you don't want to yell that one out. But <laughs> that's another way you can kind of feel of like what do you feel is lacking? That's what you maybe you're seeking. And so, I mean, it's endless. It really is endless. Um, belonging, um, success, justice, uh, love, beauty, wisdom, knowledge, power, right? So the list is endless. Um, and some, and I would say, especially in this room, the people who are watching today, the vast majority of things that we're going after, that we're seeking, are, are they're not necessarily inherently bad, they're good. A lot of the things are good. Um, some things not so much. Um, <clears throat> some, some of the things that we are going after are good, but like they've kind of been twisted by sin, but I don't wanna get into that. But I, what I wanna say is like, there are a lot of desires that we have that are good, 
that we actually, that God actually put into us, that he designed us for. So like he designed us to belong. And so it's, it's no wonder that like we crave that, that we seek that. He designed us to be in family. He designed us to have freedom. We're designed to rule and to reign. So like that power piece, like why is the world all obsessed with power? We're designed for it. Um, so we want and we need and we desire so many things because God wired us that way and built that into us. <laughs> but the kicker is that it's kind of like that upside down kingdom comes in when the first are last and the last are first. It's like, as followers of Jesus, he says, yeah, you need all these things. Yeah, I built you for all these things, but don't seek any of them. Don't, don't go after any of those things. Now, that doesn't mean we can't necessarily have them, but it's, I'm like, what, what are you doing, God? Why would you do that? Um, even good things, you know, the things that we need, the things he designed, and I know that I'm gonna probably repeat myself a little bit because I feel like there's, there's this revelation and there's this peace of God that he's given me that I'm hoping is going to, um, it's gonna be able to impart to you all. But um, I just got, I started thinking about it. I was like, God, that, that doesn't seem right that you would build this into us and then you'd say, don't seek it. Um, why would he put these things inside of us? Deep longings, passions, needs, and then say, yeah, don't, don't pursue those things. Yeah, but you can't have any of those things. I'm like, this is kind of torture. <laughs> But I also know God, and I know that he's not into torture. <laughs> he's actually really, really good. He's actually love. He's actually life. And I just kept thinking about the fact that he made you, that he made me, that he wired me. You know, the Bible talks about being intricately designed from the very beginning. He wired you, and he knows you. <clears throat> and so why would he, for instance, wire you to desire purpose? but no matter how much you seek purpose, you always fall short. And why would he wire you for belonging, but you've, you've sought belonging in family, and you've sought belonging in friend groups and in churches, and you always seem to be lacking? And why would he wire you for pleasure, but when you seek pleasure in your life, it's short-lived and it has consequences? It seems wrong, and it seems mean. He says, be perfect as my heavenly father is perfect, but then we start to seek perfection and all we can see is our flaws and our failures and the fact that we can't do anything. Anybody else? A little bit of a perfectionist. <laughs> and so I, I was just pondering this and I was thinking through it, but he's good. He's good. And he knows you. And he made you and he knows how things work, and he knows how you work. And so why would he say don't seek those things that you need? The reason that he says not to seek those things is because he actually wants you to have them. He actually wants you to have all those things. But he knows that if you seek them, you don't get them. If you seek them, you fall short. If you, there's, he built you. He made you for himself. You are for him. You, and he's big. 
He's huge. He, he needs every space that you have. And so if you're seeking this and you're seeking that, you don't actually get it. He wants you to have it. So, whew, all right. So we've got this never-ending list of things that we could seek, and yet there's only one way that we get any of it and actually still have life. You, You can seek money. You can possess money, but if you seek and possess money, then you lose life. And then you're always gonna want more and you won't be satisfied and then you'll move on to the next thing and then you'll think, well, maybe, maybe I don't just need money, I need success, so then you seek success, you achieve, you have fame and all this, but then you're not satisfied. <laughs> and you don't have life and you feel empty. So then you're like, okay, well maybe you know, I need purpose, I need family, like you start to get a little bit more deep. You know, maybe, whatever it is, adventure, etc. And you seek those things, but then even if you gain them, you fall short. Why? Because he, he made you. <laughs> he designed you. He wants you to have those things. And he made it so simple. He made it super, super simple. You just have to seek one. You, you only have to seek one thing, one. And then you get it all. <laughs> but if you seek any of the other things, you're going to fall short. Jesus says in Matthew 6:33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. And he says right before that in verse 32, for the pagans, which is just people that don't know him, run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. He knows. He knows that you need them. Why? Because he made you. <laughs> He made you. He knows what you need. He knows what you need. He knows those deep longings. And he's good. He's good. So basically, it's it's that backwards. It's so simple. It's like all these things and it's in one. He's boiling down all the things, all the vast sum of things we as humanity go after and seek and worry about. And he says, yeah, you could seek those things, but instead, if you just seek me first then you get everything. You get all the good stuff. You get all the good stuff and none of the bad stuff. Uh, You know, when you seek those other things, you run into the problem of, you know, it being twisted by sin. And you seeking this and this, and then you don't just get the good parts, you get get the consequences, you get the, the parts that aren't good, the parts that aren't for you. He doesn't, he wants to save you from all of that. He wants to save you from that heartache. He wants you to have the good. He's not withholding anything. He doesn't withhold anything good. That's not the kind of God he is. He wants you to have it all. He just knows that he is all. (laughs) Um, And it's fun because it's not, when you think about seeking him and seeking him first, once you really start to pursue him, it's not even about, okay, like, seek first his kingdom and then, and then he'll give you a husband or seek first his kingdom and then he'll give you the promotion. It's he himself contains all that, you, all that you want. He himself, it's like when he is your portion, it's more than enough. It's always more than enough because he knows you and he knows what you need and he knows what you want. And he, and in of, of himself, he contains all those things. He is all in all. Have you heard that before? He is all in all. 
That's big. He is all in all. He is the beginning and the end. I just want to talk about him for a minute. Can I just talk about him for a minute? He is the beginning and the end. He is the first and the last. He's the alpha and omega. He's the lion and the lamb. He's the king. He's the Lord. He's a shepherd. He's a savior. He's our friend. He's our father. He's our lover. In him is where you find safety and shelter. In him is where you find adventure. In him you find family. In him you find beauty and complete and utter freedom and joy and peace and love and justice and wisdom. He is all in all. He is everything. (laughs) So if you possess him and only him, then you possess everything. I don't know if that makes sense. This whole idea of possessing. He's the cool drink of water in the desert. Anyone ever felt dry? Just need that drink of water? That's him. He's the anchor in the storm. When stuff is all swirling around you and it seems like there's nothing solid, he's the anchor that you can tether yourself to. He's the all-consuming fire when you're looking at him. When you look at him, everything else that seemed so big before gets so small. He's the beautiful one. He commands the angels. And this story has been being told throughout all of history. If you think about Moses when he encountered the burning bush and he's like, who, who are you? What's your name? And he's like, I am the I am. <laughs> I just, I am. I am fill in the blank. He's everything. And John in the book of Revelations, he saw he saw heaven, and he saw angels and elders, and they're all falling at his feet and saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. They see, because they see him. And we're here, we're here walking around, looking at all these things going on, seeing all these rules and these regulations and these things that we're supposed to do. You're supposed to do this, you're supposed to do this, you're not supposed to do this, you're not supposed to do this. And, and it's like, He's good. He's so good. He's so, so good. We're going around. I, I kept picturing this week, and it's funny, I think Corey like, was talking about like, the trinkets that we have, you know, like, and he wants to give it all. Like, I kept thinking about, there's, I don't know where, even where I heard it, there was a story of like, a little girl who like, she's holding like, these fake pearls in her hand. I don't know if you, so she has, you ever see those little fake pearl necklaces you can get for a quarter out of a machine, right? And this little girl, it's her treasure. Oh, she loves it. It's her pretty, beautiful pearls. They're, they're chipping, and they don't look so great, but she loves it, and she's hanging on to it so tight. And her dad wants to give her real pearls. But that little hand can't hold the real pearls because it's holding on to the fake ones, <laughs> right? And he's like, you just gotta let go of those and then I'm gonna give you the real ones. I feel like that's, it's like, it's like we're going around with our like dirty, like falling apart pearls and we're like, you can't have that. You can't, no, I'm not gonna let go of that. I don't wanna let go of that. This is my treasure. I love this. I need this. I want this. <laughs> and it's like, he's like, he's like, what are you doing? I have so much more to give you. He has so much more. So you might wonder, like, when you think about, like, having him, you know, how can you have Jesus? How can you possess him? That almost sounds sacrilegious. <laughs> um, 
but we think about having or possessing like someone or something as a controlling thing, like, like I'm over it or I'm in charge of it. And of course, we can't own God. Um, but it's not that kind of having or possessing that I'm talking about. It's this like voluntary, mutual, I am mine, you are, like I am his, he is mine. It's more like a, like a marriage. Um, he wants to possess you in, in not a controlling way, and he wants you to possess him and have him. The Bible says he's a jealous God in our humanity and our flawed understanding. We don't really understand that. It makes God seem kind of weak or needy or macho, <laughs> I guess. But no, he's talking about like voluntary. That's really the only way. He gives himself fully as well. In fact, he already did that. And that's another thing that like he just kept like, whew, like I went first. Like he already gave it all. <laughs> Song of Solomon, uh, all over it, it's, it's a love story, but verse six, three, it says, my beloved is mine and I am his. Like he desires that. Like he desires your heart, your whole heart. It's not about following rules and it's not about a checklist and it's not about do's and don'ts. It's about he made you. He designed you, he formed you and he knows exactly what you need. He wants to fill every place. He's a whole God. I love this. Jesus sums up the law and the prophets when he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's not just like, it's not just words. Like, it's all putting it into perspective. It's saying, no, like, you actually can't hold anything back. You, you actually have to love God. If you're gonna love God, it has to be with your whole heart. You can't do it halfway because he's a whole God. <laughs> he can't be loved in parts, and he can't give himself in parts because he's whole, so he requires all. But he already, he already gave it all, so believe me, we're not, we don't get the short end of the stick in this deal. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, so yeah, so if you've received this revelation you know, for the last few weeks or even some other point in your life that, that Jesus is all in all, that he is everything, um, and that if you seek him first that you get everything you could ever need or want, then it becomes very important to know, well, how, how do I do that? How do I seek him? How do I go after Jesus? Does it look like trying harder? Does it look like striving? Does it look like discipline? Following all the rules? checking off a list, reading my Bible more, praying more, going to church, listening to Christian podcasts, <laughs> serving the poor. What does going after Jesus look like? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> because Jesus answered this very question for us. So let's look at the, uh, Matthew 16, 24. This is Jesus talking, and he says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself Take up its cross and follow me. I just keep picturing that, that necklace. <laughs> because it seems like it seems like he's asking for so much, and he is. But this is the this is why. For whoever he knows this. He made you. <laughs> he knows this. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for me will find it. That's why. 
It's not because he doesn't want you to have it. Because he does want you to have it. <laughs> he knows that the way for you to have it is to let it go. It's upside down. It doesn't look like striving at all. It, looks, it doesn't look like trying harder. It looks like dying. It looks like laying your life down. It looks like yielding. It looks like surrender. It looks like letting go. Like when, you're, when you want olive oil, those olives need to be squished. <laughs> if you want wine, those grapes need to be crushed. If you want the good stuff, you gotta, you gotta let it go. It looks like saying no to everything else and yes to him. He requires all, and all means all. He requires a whole heart. And I want to just say, like, it doesn't need to be perfect or put together. I, when I was praying through this this week, I kept seeing, like, people's hearts. And, like, sometimes we think we need to bring it to him, like, already whole and put together. No, that's, that's what he's in the business of doing. Like, bring it in pieces. It just needs to be all of it. But it can be in pieces. It can be in any condition that it's in. It can be dark. It can be gross. He wants it. <laughs> he still wants it. He wants it all. The band can go ahead and come up. I'm almost done here, but um, he wants to do an exchange. That's what he does. He gives you all of himself, and in order for you, he he already and this is he already gave all of himself. Do you get that? Like, he went first. Like, he already, he already gave it all. And it's not that he's saying, well, if you don't do this, then, you, then I won't do this. He already did it. You just, you can't have him unless you empty yourself first. You can't hold him. He's too big. <laughs> you can't contain him. But he made you and he designed you so that you actually can hold him. Just as long as there's nothing else that you're holding on to. Does that make sense? So, um, man, it's so, so good. Hmm. It's just the way, it's just the way that he works and he knows it. He's not trying to be mean. And so I know that it's scary because he does ask for everything. You, you, you don't get to keep any of it, but if you know that he's good, if you know that he made you, if you know that he's good, that he's so good and he doesn't withhold anything good, then you can, then you can lay those things down knowing, I'm actually gaining everything. Your money, your time, your relationships, your job, your kids, your parents. These are all things that we seek, all things that we worry about. And he says, just let it, just let it go, lay it down. Surrender these things to me. Don't hold on, don't hold on to that. Let it go and I'm gonna give you so much more. Your desires your dreams, even dreams that he gave you. Here's remember, 
Abraham, and he gives like this promise of of a future for Abraham and it, and it takes years to fulfill and he finally gets this baby and this kid that they've been praying for forever and it's a big long story but at one point the very promise that God gave him he says I want you to I want you to sacrifice that and it's like what you gave this to me you're like you told me this was going to happen you t- you gave this to me what are you it's because he knows he knows what's in our hearts so yeah, promises that he's given you. Don't, I'm not saying don't give up. There's a difference between surrendering and giving up. There's a difference between letting it go and despairing. I'm not asking you to despair, give up hope, anything like that. If he gave you a promise, it's coming. <laughs> but there's times you, that he's going to ask you to lay that down. Your rights. We have rights, God-given rights. He gives it to us. I mean, we're Americans, so you know we have the right to pursue life, liberty, and happiness, right? In the pursuit of justice. I have a right to get married. I have a right to all of these things. And you do, you have these rights, but you can't keep your rights and have Jesus too. <laughs> even though he's the one that gave you those rights. Why? Because he wants you to have them. And you can't have them unless you're seeking him first. When you seek him and you possess him, you get it all. He doesn't want to withhold. He doesn't want to take it from you. But you can't hold on to it. You gotta lay down your rights. You can't pursue life, liberty, happiness, justice, and Jesus. But if you pursue Jesus, you get all those things. You can't pursue Jesus and anything. It's, it's a solo pursuit. I think I've said it enough. I think I've hit that. <laughs> Woo! I think I've hit it up. He is asking for all. He requires all. But in exchange, he gives all of himself. There's just a couple more verses I want to look at. And then I just want to give us some time. I felt like the Lord just said, hey, I want to, I want to have some time to talk to my, my kids. I think there's some things that, I mean, all of it, like I said, endless list of things that we pursue or that we feel like we lack. I'm not going to be able to speak to all those things. But you know what? Who can? Jesus, the Holy Spirit. He can come and talk to you and deal with you on an individual basis. And I think he's going to do that. I know he is. If you're going to open yourself up to him, he will. He will show you what those things are. But, you know, Corey touched on this. I just want to, I just want to, I just want to talk for a minute as we head into like, we're during, we're in the season of Lent, that season right before Easter. I want to just think about him for a minute because he did, he, he did already do it. He, he already laid his life down. And I know I've said that a few times, but I want you to think about what that means. He's not, he's not, he already gave it all. He has nothing left. Like he wants to fill you completely. And he went first. Before you said yes, while you were still in your sin, 
while you were still maybe just dipping your foot in to see if maybe you wanted, he went all in. Hebrews 12, 2, I love this verse. It says, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. He's the one who wrote your faith. Like he wrote it and he's the one who's gonna make it perfect. He's, it's all him. You don't, you don't have to strive. You just have to yield. You don't have to work at it. You just need to surrender. You don't have to try harder. You just need to die. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame. And we've said this before, but what was that joy set before him? What was he looking at when he kept himself like on the tree? You know, he could have called down angels at any point of time. He could have gotten out of that mess anytime he wanted to, but he, he didn't because he was looking at you. He was looking at the future. He was looking at you and saying, I want you. I want you to be full. I want you to have all these good things. Look, I'm pouring myself out. I am laying all my cards on the table. The ball is in your court. He requires all. Let's go ahead and close our eyes and pray. We're just going to have some time of ministry. We're going just to let, just let the Holy Spirit move. Thank you, Lord. Yes, even that desire. Yes, even that dream. He wants it. He wants to see you whole. Jeremiah 29, 13. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. You will find me. That's a promise. Just him. Just Jesus. Is he worth it? Oh, yes, he is. When you see him, you can't help but want him. He is the most beautiful one. There is no lack in him. If you're feeling lack, that might be the part of you that he wants you to let go of. Because there is no lack in him. He's faithful. He can be trusted. Just before we sing one more song and just end this with a time of just reflection and letting God stir our hearts and hopefully letting go. I want to read that verse in Colossians one more time. Colossians 1, 15, about Jesus. He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He's before all things, and in him all things hold together.
Bring me 
your necklace. Bring me your fake, cheap treasure that you hold so, so dear. Bring it to me. Let it go. I have so much more for you. I have so much more for you. You don't even know. You don't even know the plans that he has for you. You don't even know. So much more than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. He's so much bigger. He's so much more.
was just reminding me of that verse. It says, perfect love casts out all fear. And I feel like for a number of us, the thing that God is asking us to let go of, the main reason we don't want to let go of it is because of fear. And what I'm seeing is that that thing you don't want to let go of is is a person or a group of people. And you don't want to let go of it because because you love it so deeply, you care about them so much. But I want to just speak to that perfect love casts out all fear. Jesus is perfect love, and if you think that you love that person, if you think that you love that group of people more than him, oh, you haven't seen his love. You let that person, you let that group of people go into his hands, They are in the best hands. They are in the most loving and kind hands. They are in the strongest hands. You can let go. They are safe. He knows. He knows. And so, yeah, I think that there's more deep work that the Lord wants to do. I think for some of us, this is going to be outside of what we can do here today. I encourage you to take time this week to get in his presence, to let him search your heart, and to take the time, take the time to let him show you those things that you're still holding on to. Because I'm telling you, he's worth it. He's so good. And he is the only one that can fill every single part. He's the only one. So, Lord, I just pray for everyone in the room, anyone who's watching online, Lord, or listening, Lord, that you would do that, that you would search us out, Lord, that you would show us the deep things, Lord, the things that we're holding on to, the things that we're scared to let go of, the things that we don't trust you with. That's the bottom line. We we, we don't trust you. But I know that that's because we don't see you. So, Lord, help us to see you. Lord, I thank you that you're good. I thank you that you're not a God that withholds good things. That you're a God who went first. You're so good. Lord, thank you. And I just want to leave. I feel like some of you, you want to dig in a little bit more even now. I want to dismiss you all. Go in peace. God is going to continue this work, but I also want to open up the front. We've got a prayer team, or if you just want to spend a little, I'm just going to have you guys just keep playing that song, just keep saying that song a little bit. For those of you who just want to want to take a moment with the Lord right now, I want to invite you to do that. For the rest of you all, have an awesome week. Thank you for coming. God bless you in Jesus' name. Nothing is, nothing is.